Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this episode we watched Flight Plan and Red Eye. Yes, also known as if a man that you don't know makes small talk with you on an airplane, uh, he is looking to implicate you in a federal crime. Yeah, I don't know if it would be a federal crime when it's on an international flight, because flight plans an international flight from Berlin to somewhere. I don't remember because they end up landing in Canada. I can't remember. It was a New oh, it was New York because it came up on the board in the beginning. The second one was national, wasn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, she's flying from Texas to Miami. Yeah. So the reason this episode, which we normally don't explain very often, comes along is um, somehow in my mind, these two movies were the same movie, but I'd replaced, um, I can't remember the actor's name now, I just literally was reading it. Um, Peter Sarsgaard? Yeah, Peter Sarsgaard with Kelly and Murphy. Yeah, so we, because I have seen Flight Plan before. I'd never seen Red Eye. Um, I had watched Flight Plan quite a few times. I had it on DVD as a teenager. really loved it. Um, and then one day we were talking, and you said something about Flight Plan. And you mentioned that Killian Murphy is in it. And I was like, he's not in that movie. And then you started listing other people in the cast. And I was like, none of those people are in this movie. And then you described the entire plot of Flight Plan to me. And I was like, well, that is Flight Plan. But those people aren't in it. Yeah. It was all a bit of a jumbly jumble in my head. Yeah. Well, they did. They, they are twin films. So they did come out in, in the same year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they both basically revolve around, as you said, a, a, a female traveling in a plane and then don't make small talk with creepy dudes. Yeah. Just uh, don't make small talk with creepy dudes. Yeah. That's our message. Episode over. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, I don't even know where to get started. Uh, these Both of these movies had very similar themes, obviously. Yes. Um, I think the... Oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, I was going to say Julian Moore, but now I'm just confusing um, no, Jodie um, Foster because of the whole recasting for the um, Hannibal series. Right, yeah. Because she was Calories and, and Science of the Lambs and then Jodie Foster. No, not Jodie um, Foster. <laughs> Julian Moore took over. In Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, obviously there's a massive difference in plot. Um, but it's interesting watching, yeah, like basically being like the twist comes very early for Red Eye. He, they're literally sitting down. Right. They're about yeah. to take off. Yeah. He wastes no time. It's the second the plane is taking off. He's yeah. like, okay, well now I can just tell you everything yeah. because you're trapped with me on yeah. this plane. Yeah. Where it's not until, ooh, third quarter where you find out that um uh carlson carlson is that a th i could never i like i think I, in all my notes i just called him the marshal <laughs> and peter sarsgaard's character yeah um who is an air marshal yeah gene carlson 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 a sky marshal um is actually the terrorist yes um 
obviously this this movie came out in in oh well sorry these both movies came out in two thousand and five yeah. so air marshals being on well sky marshals being on planes was a big thing um, because obviously nine eleven yeah um, there is in flight plan there is a lot of uh, blaming Arabs that happen because there are yeah. some Arab passengers and some you know. I wouldn't say redneck, but, you know, true blood American. Yeah, there's definitely, it's kind of unintentional on um, Jodie Foster's character's part. Her name is Kyle, which is a male name, but it's because, I'll get to that later. I'll explain it, um, because it's interesting. But, um, yeah, there's some, like, unintentional blaming. I don't think she was being racist or trying to be racist. She thinks she recognizes these two guys from... Uh, being outside her, or being in across the, the courtyard from her the day before, yeah. So she thinks they've been following her. Um, it just so happens they're both of Middle Eastern descent. Yeah. Um, to the point where I, when we finished flight plan, I went back to the beginning to see if it was actually them, and the yeah. director was like playing a little trick on it, but it's just like two generic guys. That yeah, are yeah. Similar. It's just like one shorter guy with a beard, one taller guy with no beard, and it's just that it's that kind of similarity so yeah. she's like oh there's there's something about these guys um but other passengers pick up on it and they're like yeah obviously if her daughter's been kidnapped she's been kidnapped by these these arab terrorists yeah um and then it, yeah it goes from there and uh, like to the point that the actual terrorist remarks on it later that she's kind of done their job for them by convincing half the plane that the yeah. middle eastern guys are the terrorists um it's interesting because the uh, I was gonna say Jodie Foster's character, but that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am right. Yeah, she Jodie, Jodie Foster's Foster. character um, is a airplane uh, engineer. Yeah, she's so she, a propulsion engineer. Yeah, so she, yeah, that's right. Um, and she knows the layout of this, I guess, fictional, because I've never seen that. It, it looks like a fictional plane. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think um, when you open up actual plane um, electronics that are all backlit by LEDs. Right. I don't think there's probably a feature they put in there, you know, for because no one's going to see it <laughs> except some poor technician crawling around in a very hot space. Mm. Um, so there were a little few few little parts of it that I thought was just they were like, well, let's just put something in there that people will be able to understand looks cool. Yeah, they had to build it all from scratch because uh, traditionally in, in films with planes where you see all the like console stuff, um, yeah. they use the same one yeah. in most films. Uh, and before Flight Plan, the last one they used that console in was Castaway, where they destroyed it. Right. So... So the same same console stuff had been used in a whole bunch of different airplane movies, and then Castaway destroyed it, and they were like, "Oh shit, let's we have to remake it from scratch for Flight Plan." Yeah, Flight Plan, I think, had the plane being more of a, um, I wouldn't say a character. Uh, it's not like a character like um, Moya or um, Serenity. Yeah. Um, and. It's just more of a plot point that she knows the plane really well. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the movie? You probably have an executive decision. No. Oh, okay. It's a very similar sort of 
supremacy. No, it's not. It's a completely different premise, but okay. it's very similar <laughs> with like people sneaking around on planes. Oh, okay. You know, like lots of espionage stuff. Yeah. Um, it has one of the funniest deaths in ever, which is um, so. Spoiler alert for anybody who has an executive seen Executive Decision. Um, Steven Seagal's in it, and they are boarding a plane that's been taken over by terrorists via a stealth bomber, and they attach to the bottom of it, and then, like, something bad happens, like the vacuum seal isn't working, and um, the, the, the tube that's, like, um, connecting the, the plane to the stealth bomber gets compromised and like Steven Seagal sacrifices himself to be the to the, be the hero and save the plane and the crew and the, the special ops team that have been placed on board. And when the when the um the tunnel collapses, he ends up hitting like so you know like um um Les Miserables where he jumps off the bridge and he could have just landed in the water. Am right. I thinking of the right right movie? I have no idea where you're going with this. Okay. Um he just hits the plane tail wing and it looks hilarious because it's just like this weird dummy that falls out of the okay. you know how um, when he jumps off the bridge in um, Les Miserables and instead of falling into the water he like smashes his spine on the concrete and it's just like why why was it that over the top um, my point being there's lots of crawling around in the plane in flight plan where there isn't in um, Red Eye. Red Eye. But um, in both cases, the female lead was chosen by the criminals because of their expertise and their job. Yes. So in Flight Plan, it's um, because they needed a credible hijacker to pin it on. So they had a propulsion engineer um, on board. And in Red Eye, it's because they need someone... Um, to who has the authority to move a VIP to a different room in a hotel, and she's the, I believe, hotel manager. Yeah. I think they specify exactly what her job is, but she's like very high up and very well trusted. Um, and they're trying to get her to make the phone call from the plane. So the red eye has a lot more happening on the ground, whereas flight plan. This completely on the plane. Yeah, there's like a very, they... very beginning. There's a, there's like maybe the first five minutes of the movie are on the ground and uh, then maybe the, the last three minutes or something. Yeah, it's interesting because the tone of the movies are quite different. Um, being that you sort of spend the first sort of, yeah, three, three quarters of the um of uh, flight, plan. flight plan, thinking that you, she actually might be crazy. Yeah, you're not sure. Um, you know, they very much frame it that she may be Delusional. hallucinating yeah. based on trauma, um, that there may be mental health issues. It's the fact that she's on medication for anxiety. She's just suffered a loss. Um, you know, they really play into that, and there's major, major gaslighting happening yeah. because the whole point is to make her question what's real. Um, and question her own convictions and make her believe that her daughter passed away before she even got on the plane, which clearly isn't the case. Yeah. Um, whereas then in Red Eye, it's very immediate hostage She knows she's in a hostage situation for the whole thing. Yeah. There was, um, yeah, there was a, the, the, the tonal difference really, um, helps with, uh, the the tone <laughs> I was going to say the tones would really help with the tones of the movie no um, just how 
the audience gets dragged in because you're sort of for the uh, for the cinematography of flight plan. There's a lot of drawn out shots um, and sort of um, some of like a not would say Wes Anderson, but like the certain characters are held off center of the screen for a long amount of time so you can see what's going on behind them mm. which um in flight uh, i was gonna in, say in flight plan, in, in red, red eye. eye um the camera is like right in the faces of the characters yeah and i think what it does as a viewer in my opinion um is it really draws you into their characters mm. and like even um there's there's running themes and I don't know if it was like part of the writing or part of the director, um, for for Red Eye, but um, Killian Murphy gets tripped over a lot. Yeah. And I love because there's a sequence where um, um, there's like a little girl uh, and you know she's trying to get messages to the other people when she's found out she's been kidnapped by going to the bathroom and writing stuff on the mirror, which is a bloody bloody good idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Killian Murphy's character is just literally um, Jack the Ripper. Um, yeah. it, it gets tripped over by the little girl, and the camera holds on the little girl's face like, yeah, I yeah. did that, bitch. What the are you doing about it? The little girl is the only person who believe, who spots that something is going on yeah. in that whole film. And she's highlighted you know, before they get on the plane. There's that, you know, We kind of see her, and there's no reason for it except to be like, watch this character, she's going to do something. Yeah. Um, that she's a solo traveller. She's 11 years old and it's her first time travelling by herself. Um, and then she is waiting in line for the bathroom and then Killian Murphy goes in to, to you know, wipe herself off the thing and threaten um, Lisa. Rachel McAdams' name. And it was so weird hearing, just hearing someone say my name that many times. It was really, <laughs> he's so creepy in it. And he just kept saying my name. Um, but yeah, but the little girl then is saying to the air hostess, a man went in there and she's like, oh yeah, no, you know, these are shared bathrooms. He's like, but there's a woman in there already. And the air hostess is like, oh, that kind of point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but the girl has seen like the fear in Lisa's eyes, I think. So, yeah. um, so later on when, when Killian Murphy, like he said, is trying to go afterward, the girl deliberately trips him over and it's like. You know, whoops! I'm just a child. You yeah. know, it's a real deliberate. Yeah, it's um. There's a lot of sort of cliche moments in both these films that I found, but they don't draw away from it. I think they're just like a. Uh, just a, just a sort of very generic writing point, and I think it doesn't pull away from the movie. But there is like little little sequences that are in there that are like, oh, that's very like, um, it's interesting because the beginning tone of Flight Plan has this really I wouldn't say spooky aura, but it's just it it feels unsettling. In comparison to the sort of happy-go-lucky beginning of Red Eye, where she's like mm. talking to people at the airport and like yeah. she gets a coffee spilled on her and she's like, "Oh no!" And then you find, you know, and she's like looking herself in the mirror and she's got a scar on her chest and you're like, "I wonder what that's about." And it comes out in the rest of the movie, but it's it, you know her handing the book that her dad gave her and her dad being like, "I'm worried about you, honey. Like, yeah. hope your flight's okay." You know, versus you know. St- 
going to see your having to identify your dead husband and his casket and then like staring at the window and the the mobile showing lights in the daughter's room is super creepy yeah with the planes on it and you're like that's not normal it's <laughs> that's set up for the movie yeah, like, yeah yeah it's um it's interesting because they very much so red eye is like set up like it's kind of an action movie yeah and it's definitely got like horror thriller um you know aspects, aspects to, it. to it flight plan is very much set up as a psychological thriller and i feel like the atmosphere they're going for in the beginning is the sixth sense they want you to think of maybe this is a ghost story maybe that is maybe she is seeing her dead daughter on mm. the plane you know they they want you to have that doubt where you're thinking like you know i don't know maybe you know no we didn't see anyone interact with the child yeah um you know except for her like in the sixth sense where we don't see anyone interact with <laughs> redacted um except for one person yeah who can see dead people um <laughs> but um yeah, so it's, you kind of, I think they're trying to set up that kind of eerie, you know, her reality might not be actual reality. Yeah, they did really well. Um, and yeah, there's a creepiness of it of like uh, Carlson's character being like, I'm a person of authority. They'll believe anything I say. And you're like, ugh. Like... Highlighting that... Uh, People like him are drawn to positions of authority. Yeah. Um, we're like Killian Murphy's character, Ripper. Um, I don't know. Actually, that's not his roots. Like, Jackson is his yeah, first name. Yeah. Um, he's more playful in a, in a way more creepier way. Mm. Like, there's a different... different Definite difference between the two character personality types. Yeah. But they're both very intense, very manipulative, very forceful. Yeah. Um, I think people that, you know, target women in these kinds of, you know, kinds of, um, I wouldn't say actual, I don't think there's very many kidnappings to blow up. Uh, VIPs with stinger missiles from boats or um, <laughs> blow up the fronts of brand new planes. But uh, yeah, there's the type of man who would take that role because you talk to a lot of people who are actual people that have seen combat and mm. they're just like, yeah, you don't target women and children. Like that's the, the one rule you have. Mm. Um, well, it's interesting you say that because flight plan... I'll, I mentioned this earlier, but we'll, I'll, I'll tackle it now. Oh, okay. The role of Kyle was not intended to be a woman. Just like Ripley. It was, yeah, it was written for Sean Penn to play Kyle. And then they changed, I guess, it, I assume it was his wife was dead in the original version, and yeah. then they changed it because um, of heteronormativity, or more more likely because it makes sense for them to have a child together if it's a man or a woman. Um, when they cast Jodie Foster. But what I found very interesting is when I looked at the trivia for Red Eye, the role of Jackson was also written for Sean Penn. Wow. So two different writers <laughs> wrote plane hijacking films for Sean Penn, and he didn't do either of them. What was he doing in 2005 that was... 
I don't know. When did milk come out? Was that? <laughs> I don't even know what milk is. Oh, he won an Oscar for it. Oh, okay. It's about Harvey Milk, the um, LGBT. Um, I can't remember. He's he's a. Well, good for him. American. He was like a, not a governor. I can't remember what he was. Senator. Mm. I don't know. Um, I can find out what Sean Penn was doing in two thousand five, but um, I do know that for Red Eye, um. They, I think they changed it. I don't think they ever offered it to him. I think uh, they wanted, they decided that they wanted a younger cast. Yeah. Um, which is why they went with that. But um, I don't know why he turned down Flight Plan, because that was obviously written for him. But I think it's great with Jodie Foster in it. Yeah. Um, but very much, it does kind of come across that, um, you know, Jackson's character in Red Eye is, you know, meeting her at the airport and hitting on her and trying yeah. to buy her a drink, whatever, I'm doing the kind of creepy guy stuff. Yeah. Whereas you never see that dynamic in Flight Plan. Yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe you could say, oh, it's because of everyone knows about the dead husband or whatever, but it's quite possible it just never got written in because they intended it to be a male character. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, highly probable. Possible. Uh, what was he in 2005? He was in a movie called The Interpreter. I don't even know that movie, to be honest. So, so I don't know. Milk was 2008, so it was a few years later. Okay. Um, but yeah, you didn't even know with pre production, post production sort of stuff, movies take ages. Like, yeah. Um, the one, the one group of people New Zealand led in during the height of COVID were, were, um, people for Avatar to. Yeah three how many who yeah. knows and they um, were the only people let in yeah and that was in. 2020 and there were yeah 2022 and that film's still not out yet yeah it's next year or is no, it this, Dece- year, this, this December year. yeah but uh but those are films that with, with a very high production value and yeah. lots of VFX and post-production things happen whereas Milk wasn't yeah it's about the assassination of a LGBT advocate that's rough um yeah, I, I'm. The the subtle differences make both these movies really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I normally, it's it's hard for me sitting here right now. Uh, to to because I normally when we normally do these movies, especially when they came out the same year was same sort of similar plot. Yeah. Um, one of them is always usually worse. Yeah. And I think these ones are so close together in rating, let alone quality, yeah. that it's very difficult to just spend my entire time shitting on one of them and just being like, the other movie did that yeah. so much better. Here's <laughs> 17,000 examples. Um, it's fun because I I prefer Flight Plan, but I grew I, I was going to say grew up with Flight Plan. I was 14 when it came out, but still, I you know, I had it. I literally, I had it on DVD as a teenager, and I watched it a lot. I really, really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Uh, Panic Room, I think, was around the same time, so I think I just went through, like, a Jodie Foster phase, or else she just was in movies that I liked at that time. Um, but I... I mean, because this is my first time watching Red Eye, and I did quite enjoy it, but I still think I like Flight Plan more, and I don't know how much of that is nostalgia factor. Yeah. Or if it's just because I am more drawn to psychological thrillers. And there's less psychological stuff happening in Red Eye. It's a lot more, like, forefront. Like, um, you know, there's not much hidden going on. Whereas in, yeah. in Flight Plan, 
you know, you're not quite sure what's happening. You, sh- you know, was her daughter kidnapped? Was her daughter ever on the plane? Does she even have a daughter, you know? Yeah, there's a huge difference between a uh, psychological thriller and an action thriller. Yeah. Um, like, there's, there's quite a few movies set on planes that sort of revolve around this sort of premise. And, uh, yeah, I think most of them sort of get a lot of things right and then you know you talk to anybody who knows anything about actual planes and they're like nah you can't do that nah you can't do that yeah. nah you can't do that and it's yeah. like yeah but you have to in a movie yeah yeah because yeah. otherwise you know <laughs> I, I haven't been I've been on one oh well technically I've been on two international flights you've been on way more than me yes um I've been on mostly local flights and most of those was when I was a kid I think the most I've been on was 17 in one month that's too many. Oh, they weren't all international. Oh, okay. But, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven of them were international, I think? That's, that's far too many. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, six and a half of them were international. Yeah. Because that seventh one was supposed to be from Australia to New Zealand, and it turned around halfway, and went, it was Australia to Australia, but it was, it, like, flew halfway across to New Zealand and back, so we can't that as half an international flight. Yes. I guess. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, as I was saying, like, I, I'm one of those people. So it'd be interesting for us, because we're going on a very long flight very shortly. You say that, but this episode comes out in October when we'll have done all our flights. Oh, okay, cool. We're, we're, we are pre-recording because we are... Spoilers! Pre-recording. <laughs> because um, we will be going on several international flights. Yeah, in the month of September and October. Yeah, even when I flew to Australia, which in reality is not very far, I didn't even get out of my seat. I don't even think I took my seatbelt off. Right. Yeah, you're uh, going to need to on these international flights. Yeah. Because we will be in the air. Well, the most we'll be in the air for is maybe 13 hours, if there's a delay. The, the longest flight is 12 hours. Because, like, my nicotine addiction, I can feel it, like, panicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! No, I'll sort it out. I have to sort that out. I've already sorted it out, folks. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah at, fine. at the time that you're listening to this, it's already happened. Yeah. Um, movie magic. <laughs> movie magic. <laughs> Here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> Pulled the podcast out of the oven. Um, looks completely different. The... Yeah, I don't know much more to say about these movies. I, I recommend both of them if you're if you see one, and then you know you're like, oh, I haven't seen this before. I'd totally recommend picking mm-hmm. it up. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, you already know all the spoilers. Um, oh, we haven't super spoiled it, but yeah, the, yeah. the ending, the endings definitely haven't been spoiled. Um, yeah, I I think you're right. Because you made mention of something at the end of Flight Plan, and I think it was a little bit bullshit. What when, when when she's loading her daughter into the back of the the car, and the the Arab man who's both been a yes. victim and an aggressor within that situation, which is what happens when people get pushed into a corner. Like he gets yeah. assaulted just because he's because of his nationality, yeah. which is a hate crime. Like yes. I don't give a shit. Like, if, oh, you think you're yeah. a terrorist. Well, and then you know, he, he you're helps not a judge, jury, you're an executioner. At the very end of the film, he helps her, and she just kind of, like, smiles and nods. And it's like, dude, apologize to him for having an entire plane of 400 passengers think he was a terrorist yeah. because you were racist. Yeah. 
I mean, and, I think... And her defense, she... Unintentionally he, racist. Yeah. But she still showed some negative bias there based on his appearance. Yeah. The... She, he does clock her in the face, though. Yes. <laughs> and knock but, her but it's, they're all shouting for someone to yeah, stop yeah, her, yeah, and yeah, he true. just side tackles her, and she hits the yeah, seat. Yeah. Which is fun because in Red Eye, Killian Murphy intentionally hits um, Rachel McAdams' head off a thing to knock her unconscious. Yeah. So both both women end up being knocked unconscious by someone by being hit against part of the plane. Yeah, that's true. Both of them also um, get away from their aggressor by... Um, Hiding on a toilet? Yeah, by asking if they can go to the toilet and going in and then, you know, she writes the message to try and warn people and Jodie Foster climbs through the roof and uh, hijacks the plane. Um, <laughs> did I make you watch, um, oh, I was going to say True Lies, but Commando? Yes, you yeah. did make me watch Commando. Yeah. I, see, the problem with Commando is because <laughs> every sequence of that movie is a friggin' meme. Um, there's like pieces of it are just like in my brain forever. Yeah. Anytime, um, anybody gets on a plane in a movie and they're like have to go to the bathroom I just remember Arnie being like like the, the stewardess is like sir you have to go to your seat and he's like but I'm air sick and they're not even off the ground yeah, yeah, they're yeah. still part <laughs> and the whole like where where both the characters get knocked out um, it just reminded me of like don't disturb my friend he's dead tired because he just snapped right, his neck yes. and like covers him with a blanket he's dead tired yeah no, it's just, yeah, that that movie. Oh, my God, that movie's so good. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, it, it, I feel very sorry in, in Red Eye. I feel very sorry for Cynthia, who is the, I guess, assistant, new, new assistant at the hotel who is looking after the place while Lisa is um, gone out of, out of town for her grandmother's funeral. Yeah. And uh, ends up having to rescue people from a terrorist attack um, and, and deal with, like, the shittiest customers while half the hotel is being bombed. Um, and, you know, um, and, like, literally that's her first weekend left alone managing the hotel and this is the shit she's to put up with and I feel bad for her. Gemma Mays, who plays yeah. Cynthia, had only done TV... Up to that was her first movie. What um I know her from something, but I couldn't pinpoint yeah. what it was. Um, Smurfs, Smurfs two. Uh, I don't think I would. would Paul Blart Paul Blart Mall 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 Mall. Thank you, Mall Cop. No, I haven't seen that. What was she on TV? You said she was on TV. Um, How I Met Your Mother, which is that that was actually. Was she in an episode of House? House? I probably would recognize her. From Entourage that. Heroes. Heroes. Ghost Whisperer. It would probably be Heroes. Glee. No, I didn't watch Glee. Okay. Yeah, I think probably Heroes is what I know her from. Um, which probably would, would... That would have been around the same time as this, right? Heroes? No. Or something later? Uh, Heroes was... Oh, I just had it there. Uh, 2006 to 2010. Yeah, so this was started, this was 2005. So yeah, that, yeah, true, yeah. true, true. So it would have, been, would have been started around the same time that she, that she was in this. That's fair. Yeah. Um. She's she's good in it, and but I just feel very bad for her character because she has to put up with all this bullshit. Um. I do also very much like how much um Red Eye highlights 
the bullshit that people with customer facing jobs have to put up with on a regular basis. Yeah, there was a nice, nice touch from the writers. <laughs> um, yeah, people, because I've watched those airport shows, mm. and it's just like, so and so's flight's been cancelled. Let's check in with the boarding, and they're just like some friggin' Ken and Karen are just yelling at the, and it's yeah. like, well, I can move you, but it's gonna be tomorrow. No, I want to get on this flight now. The there is no flight now. Like, look, you know, it's yeah. just... And we've both worked in, like, customer service and the hospitality kind of positions, and people are dicks. Yes, there's a... <sighs> there, is a there is a, uh, a difference. I feel when people can't see your face, people uh, tend to be a lot more rude. Mm. Um... I won't go into details, but I've had people be rude to me over a intercom system, which is basically like a, a, a single line phone. And then I've come out and confronted them and they've just been like, oh, I'm so, you know, like, yeah. uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, yeah, because you actually can't, won't talk to me like this in person. In person. Yeah. I've had people, I had someone call me literally Hitler. <laughs> those were her, those were her words. She said, "You're literally Hitler." Yeah. Said, and she was like crying. She was like, you know, that real fake crying on the phone. She said, uh, "You're literally Hitler," and I was like, "Ma'am, I'm not Hitler." And she went, "Yes, you are." That caused Megan Fox her uh, entire career. Um, Being called Hitler. No, calling a Jewish uh, oh. director a Nazi. Um, yeah, that's that sounds like a bad thing to do. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this woman faced no repercussions for it, but, uh, yeah, it was, I just was, like, you know, done. I was, like, cool, thanks. Yeah. Good for you. It's not going to change the situation that you're calling me Hitler. Um, My favorite story of your days working in a call center, by far, is the guy who ate his parking ticket. Yeah, yeah. That's, I use that in job interviews all the time. Because um, any any customer-focused jobs that I've interviewed for, if they ask about a, a time I dealt with a difficult customer, it's always the guy who ate his parking enforcement notice, <laughs> got clamped and, and was screaming at me on the phone, and then I asked for his ticket number, and he didn't have it because he ate it. <laughs> oh. How, how angry do you have to be yeah, to eat just, a piece of that paper? Because that was it. It was sheer anger. He was so angry, he ripped up his ticket and ate it. It's like a cartoon. <laughs> I got him sorted in the end, you know, but, like, just hilarious. Just a... I did have to hang up on him about three times before he'd calm down and speak to me because I just had to, I had to literally be like, look, if you're not going to actually speak to me in a calm manner, I can't, there's nothing I can do to help you because I can't converse with you. I've used that uh, in the in the same situation where I've literally been like, if you say another swear word, I'm hanging up and I'm not helping you. Yeah. Oh, no, but I was, like, I was being very nice and yeah. offering to help him, but I literally had to explain to him, look, I, like, if you, all you're going to do is scream at me, there is nothing that I can do here because yeah. I can't even have a yeah. back-and-forth conversation with you. Um, and then, like, I remember the last time he called back, he's like, okay, I'm calm. <laughs> and I was like, hello, sir. <laughs> do you want to give me the information I need to help you now? Because it's interesting because... There is science to back this up, but you actually get stupider when you get angry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you see it a lot when you work in customer-facing roles where people just get pissed off at something and they just do dumb stuff. And you're like, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, 
now you're in a worse situation than you exactly. were before. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, people are people are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, you know. Um. But yeah. you do. It is. It is very much a physical, like physiological reaction that, like, when you are at that level of anger, you your brain can't yeah. process things properly. Um. But uh, yeah. But the the moral of the story is. People in customer facing roles deal with a lot of bullshit, um, and Red Eye accurately depicted that. Yeah. Because they had the, the 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 Karen and Ken, as you described them, couple who was giving Cynthia a hard time at the end of the film. They come down and they're like, "You need to fire this woman because a missile was blown into the hotel and dust got on our stuff." And it's like, please fill out a customer <laughs> complaint card and then shove it up your ass. Yes, yes, that's what everyone wants to say. Um. But yeah, and that like you know you had her stepping in to try and help the um, airline staff when there was the guy who was complaining about the delays. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, what like what is this? You know, what is this person going to do about it? Like, how are they going to stop the delays from happening? Yeah, those you airport know? shows really show that it's a complete mess. Yeah. Like dealing with a singular person in a situation where it's like, hey, look, you know. You worked in a car rental place, for an example, and a person comes in and they're like, hey, my car's not here, or, you know, oh, there's been a mistake, or we've double booked you, or something, you know. Yeah. It's one person you can deal with it, and you're yeah. like, cool, I can go back to the rest of my day, I can go have a coffee or a smoke break, whatever, and everything's fine. Imagine dealing with that for, like, eight hours a day. I would just be like... Yeah, and there's those hundreds pe- of people. Yeah. Those people are saints. Like, yeah. I would not... I would last six hours in a job <laughs> like that, like... Um, funnily enough, uh, quite a few people that I used to work with when I worked in um, the art gallery in Dublin, yeah. quite a few of the security officers there were former airport security from Dublin Airport as yeah. well. Um, so they had to deal with that kind of shit too. Um, I mean, we know people who work in, who have worked in ABSEC here. Yeah. You know, would be used to that kind of bullshit. Yeah, I it's think... It's not quite the same The difference between customer. standing at a, um, a, at a gate... Or a ticket booth, or you know, an information desk, and working in AVSAC is at least aviation security. You've got legislation behind you, where it's like, right. oh, here's the legislation. Yeah. I'm the enforcer of said legislation. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't fly. <laughs> um, there is lots of wonderful stories from our mutual friend who used to work in AVSAC, which are just hilarious and s- so funny. Yeah. Which is the same thing, but no, there's just, yeah, moments of, uh, you're just like, what? What happened? Like, what? Why were they dressed like that? What time was this? 3 a.m. in the morning. What did they try to bring on the plane? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I always try to be as patient as possible in situations where, you know, there's flight delays and things like that, um, because it's not their fault. Um... And it can be very stress. I mean, I get it. I've been in situations, and it can be very stressful as the person going through the situation. But you're not alone. There's like hundreds of people also going through the situation, and then the you know the crew who are dealing with it have to hear from it, hear about it from everyone. So, and you're not going to get anywhere special by you know kicking a fuss. Yeah, being a Karen. Yeah. So. Um, there are times in life where it's worth. Being a Ken or a Karen, mm. um, but there's other times in life where it's just like, just shut up. Like yeah. you're, like it, it's. I'm I not... think I think with 
the amount of cell phones um, with you know recording ability, social media being a, such a huge thing, it is not worth it these days to having a public freakout. Um, you know, I am guilty of watching a lot of those like public freakout compilation videos. Yeah. And when you actually look into it, like people, like especially with COVID, um, in the last couple of years of our you know collective history now, um, I feel sorry for kids who are going to be studying history in the next like ten years time because mm. they're going to be like, and then when COVID stopped being the big issue of being on the twenty four hour news cycle, then uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, um, but. Yeah, there is a, but it can damage your life. Like, it can damage your career. Like, it's not worth it. But yeah. then again, like I said earlier, when you get angry, your brain stops being able yeah. to, like, function properly yeah, and you just absolutely. do stupid stuff. But it's like, we're all the same, right? We're all the same. We're all people. We all, we're all humans. We all deserve the same rights. We all mm-hmm. deserve, like, and it's that kind of bullshit when you work in customer service where, well, I'm the customer, so I'm always right. It's like, that is the worst allegory that anybody's ever put in anywhere. Yeah, it is, it has, yeah I it hate that people... idea of the customer is always right, because the customer is mostly almost wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's, you get into situations where it's like, well, I wanted, you know, like, uh, what was it the other day? Um, some 11-year-old kid was demanding a free skateboard, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to talk to the manager and get you fired unless yeah. you give us a free hat. It's like, I'm the owner of the business. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's just really bizarre that, like, we get this weird sense of self-importance. Maybe it's just European culture and European, majority European, because it's like when you picture a Karen, you you think... You know, 40s to 50-year-old white, white woman, woman with a very expensive haircut and, like, highlights. You know, who's talking shit. Um, and it, but men, men get into the same thing as well. Like, mm-hmm. the, uh, what did I see? It was one of those police body cam footage things. And uh, the, there's, like, something happening and then, like... The cop just gets sick of the lady and goes to detain her, and of course the the guy comes out like an idiot and like they're both drunk and both not wearing shirts at like you know in the middle of the day it's probably right. Florida, um, and just like assaults a police officer and then they're both screaming at why are they getting arrested? It's like mm. you people are morons. Yeah, you like, literally just assaulted a police officer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I mean. I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm a Karen, but it's. But I'm not because I'm not abusive towards customer service people. Yeah. But the time that I feel like I'm Karen, like, is when I call noise control on noisy <laughs> neighbors or uh, call parking enforcement yeah. on uh, badly parked vehicles. But in both instances, I'm very polite and helpful to the customer service people yeah. that I'm on, or you know, to the, the people that I'm on the phone to. There's a difference between. <laughs> Being a Karen in a situation where you you see someone parked illegally and then you walk up and you start yelling at that person and call the right. cops no. on them there because the police are like we're dealing with like actual murders yeah and no armed that's robbers and drug do. dealers like it's it's only been I've twice twice now I've called parking for parking control about vehicles and both times it was because they had parked um, with the nose of their vehicle against the wall and the tail of the vehicle so out on the road. So you have to physically go onto the yeah, road to get and around. 
fair enough for me, a physically fit person, to walk out onto the road yeah, and whatever. Yeah, but if you're on a mobility scooter or wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. If you have a pram, if you have a wheelchair, anything, you are not getting on the road. So, like, you'd have to turn back and go back a block and around and down and then up a stair. You know, yeah, and you yeah. can't get up a stair if yeah, you're yeah. in the, the scooter, you know, a scooter or a wheelchair. So, it just was like, no, if, if you physically can't get around this... Um, I just don't understand. But in fairness, the person who parked there is more of a Karen than me because they yeah, they're think they're entitled. Yeah. yeah, they think that they're more important than literally everyone else and they can park there and, and prevent people from using the footpath. Yeah. We've um, gone way off, but it's fine. That's all right. Yeah. Um, the tangent has taken us. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have much more to say about the movies, did we? No. I, I like both movies. I would recommend both movies. Um, they're rated lower than I would expect them to be. Because uh, there's, I think, Red Eye is rated 6.5 on IMDb and Flight Plan is 6.3. Yeah. Um, I would have rated them both maybe at least in the sevens. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think, I think when you're looking at ratings, unless they're like cult classics or beloved movies, I think the 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 movies that are sold more in the weeds, tend to, probably get rated down. Like, we had this example um, with um, the two movies about um, uh, women's health and abortion that mm. we covered were just, like, bombed out to the point where you'd be like, why the fuck would I watch a 0.9% movie? And it's like, well, you, you know, it's like, well, actually, if you read the critic scores... It's 100%, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> because these are really good movies, but just, you know, people who are anti-abortion and you know, bullshit... Um, will physically make accounts. It's like that, uh, what were you, what we were talking about the other day we were walking down the street. Oh, the, the spotted kiwi getting a, oh, right, a, yeah. Like extra, the bird of the year, bird of the year competition. There was, uh, there was controversy here with the bird of the, bird of the year competition a few years back because someone made a bunch of bot accounts to vote for the little spotted kiwi. So the little spotted kiwi had to be uh, taken out of the competition, I think, because the votes were all fraudulent. Yeah. Terrible. Someone casting te- like a thousand. I wish that happened in politics. <laughs> um, if if you if you like, they found out that one singular person had done fraudulent voting, that candidate was just eliminated. It'd be great. <laughs> well, no. In fairness, it was like I think one and a half thousand additional votes for the little spotted kiwi. Um, done through yeah, fraudulent voting. Because yeah. the, the, the time that I mentioned when we were talking about this subject in general, the thing that I came up with was the guy who, on social media, talked about the fact that he'd fraudulently voted multiple times for an American presidential candidate, mm. and then he was arrested and was just like, why am I being arrested? It's like, you committed a federal crime yeah. and you confessed on social media, dummy. Yeah. Oh, you can't prove it. Well, no, you're one person to investigate. We don't have to investigate 360 million people. You literally told us you did it. Yeah. So the evidence is going to be some, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) A genius who would delete all the evidence wouldn't then be like, ha Confess it on social media, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, because I saw something was on uh, Reddit the other day that made me laugh as um, they're putting in policy that rap lyrics can be used as evidence in court. That what can be used? Rap lyrics. Rap lyrics. So when rappers wow. are like, oh, I killed that man, they'd be like, well, you confessed to a crime, now prove you're innocent. <laughs> oh my god. 
That's fun. Billie Eilish needs to watch out because she sang about murdering someone in one of her songs. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Not Billie. <laughs> oh my god, she's a murderer. Um, yeah, but isn't like. Because I've, I've been listening to Oxytocin quite a lot recently because um, it's a real banger if you haven't heard of it. That's my favourite song to do on Beat Saber. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. <laughs> She's talking about murdering somebody, right? In oxytocin? Yeah. Or like submissive domination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, a sexual okay. thing. I oh, think okay. in that one it's a sexual thing. I'm going to continue listening to this. Yeah, but it's <laughs> bellyache is about murder. Oh, okay. What, is that from the same album? No, that's one of her older songs. Oh, okay. I don't know if it was even on the previous album or if it was just a single or EP or something. Doesn't before. doesn't ring a bell to me. Oh, it's it's definitely older, but it's like, um, yeah, it's about it's about like killing her partner, her lover, or whatever, and whatever. I think she was like fourteen or fifteen. When yeah, she that sounds like a fourteen or fifty year old thing to sing about. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, kids, get them. Kids a, these days. What, what what was I saying the other day? Um, I say so much. It's it's hard to keep You're up. You're just always talking. Um, the whole concept of like entire generation based on really toxic relationships. Oh yeah, that everyone is aspiring to be Bella and Edward. Yeah. Yeah. Where previously it was like Joker and Harley. Oh, and, and that also came back again with the uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. What the What was the example I gave? Because I was like, oh, you're forgetting about someone and someone, but now I can't remember who it was. Um, Bella and the Beast? No, that's what you said. Right. Oh, what was it? It wasn't Bella and, Bella and the Beast. I had one that was better and I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. No, no, I just... <laughs> one that was My more, answer was better. That was more clear-cut as like... Oh, you yeah, know, it was... Never mind. It wasn't It wasn't a popular movie at all. It was from Peggy Sue Got Married. It was... <laughs> My Wang. My Wang. It, cause, yeah, because you were saying that people thought, you know... Um, you saw some tweet or something from someone being like, if a guy's not going to break into my bedroom after I oh break up with God, him. Oh, my God, yeah. If I, if I ghost you for seed at three days and I don't wake up and you're in my bedroom, we're done. It's like, yeah. all right, friggin' Bella Edward. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, but in the 80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had you had Peggy Sue got married. Where... Nicky Cage smooch is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so have we got any IMDb trivery about um, other than the stuff you've already... Yeah, not a whole lot other than what I've already said. Uh, I for flight plan, um, there was a bunch. Well, apparently only six flight attendants who called for an official boycott of the film, because they thought that it depicted flight attendants as rude, uncaring, indifferent, and one of them as a terrorist. <laughs> um, and but what I love is that I whoever wrote this IMDb trivia is is like like brutal because what they said was the public ignored them because this was a realistic depiction yeah it's true yeah i know <laughs> but it's not like because it seemed like a realistic no it's like this is real yeah. they are rude yeah. <laughs> not all flight attendants are um oh i thought you were talking about the other passengers no, no, it's the flight attendants. Oh, okay, because the other passengers on flights did not give a shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. But I do, like, I think I understand where they're coming from in that, like, you know, they're saying, like, they're, the flight attendants seem rude and carrying a different, but it's, the like, the jokes they make behind the scenes. Yeah. But they would be. Like, I think anyone working in a role like that is going to be, like, behind the scenes being like, oh, my God, the Karen in row six or, you know. Yeah. 
Um, you do it in the hospitality industry as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then for Red Eye, the only other note I had, or the only other piece of trivia, was that in the uh, the scene in the bathroom, um, Killian Murphy missed the mark of where he was supposed to throw Rachel McAdams, and she hit her head and was actually knocked unconscious. Jesus. Um, and so after that, she was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it again, and he was, like, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently in the... In the um, in the scene that's actually in it, um, which I didn't notice, but we can go back and watch if we really feel like it. But apparently, you can see him like holding the back of her head to make sure she doesn't actually get knocked unconscious. I love it. I just thought that's kind of almost sweet. Um, I won't go over Julianne Moore. She's not in any uh, of the movies. Jodie Foster. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Hannibal. Um, what's your favorite? Killian Murphy performance. Um, because you find him creepy. And I, it's fascinating to... <laughs> He's, he does creepy very well, yeah. in fairness. Um, so does your boy. Which boy? Elijah Wood. Oh, Elijah Wood. Oh, Elijah Wood does creepy so well. But Elijah Wood is like a horror aficionado, so mm-hmm. he's like, that's what he wants to do. It's his lifeblood, is horror movies. Um... I think maybe Breakfast on Pluto. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, um, is that the one where you know I, I I know of the movie. So it's a it's an Irish film where he plays, um, I believe a trans woman from rural Ireland, and it's like a real like kind of outsider film that like no one kind of understands why you know this seemingly a boy is cross dressing and whatever. Um, it's an interesting film. It's a um, uh, Neil Jordan film, right? Because um, he deals with gender in a lot of his in a lot of his films. Well, the first time I think I ever saw him in a movie, Sunshine. No, it was oh. uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, he did a really good job in um, the Dunkirk. Ba- I was gonna say the Batman movies. Yeah. You know. Um, but then again, same as the Quiet Place took part two. Yes, he's really good in that. He's, I think Kelly Murphy's just a really good actor. Yeah. Dunkirk is is interesting because the portrayal is very real. I think just Nolan, and again, like um, his obsession with Tom Hardy, just, he just likes them in his movies. Mm. Yeah, I, but I do think Killian Murphy is very good. I mean, we recently talked about him in Inception as well. Yeah. Which he's... You know, and he, I, like, I don't think I've ever seen him be bad in something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be very interesting to try and, like, sit there and make a second podcast, which we don't have time for, and just watch every performance by Killian Murphy to find <laughs> out which one's the bad one. Which one's the bad one. Um, if you do know a bad performance by Killian Murphy, please put it in the comments yeah, below. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think he's definitely an actor who is is good in Did, pretty much everything. I've yeah, seen I haven't him. seen him ham up anything. Yeah. I think he's really good. Yeah. I think um, a lot of Irish people are, are proud of him out there representing us yeah. in the in the world stage. Um, do you want to look at budget and box office? Sure. So this was interesting to me because the higher rated film is Red Eye. And it made less money. Way less. So interesting. So for Red Eye, the budget was twenty six million. Apparently, the original budget was forty four million, Jesus. but they only spent twenty six million. So they so they they actually made it on twenty six million dollars, 
Um, and the box office then was 96 million. Oh. So if they had made it on the 44, they'd be yeah, only be... doubling it, whereas yeah. because they made it for less, it's, um, you know, it's still a decent, um, uh, you know, they've made Profit. a decent amount of money. Profit, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. Uh, flight plan, the budget was 55 million. So closer to that 44 that Red Eye was supposed to get. And in box office, they made 223 million. Jesus. Which is a lot more than I expected. Yeah. Because um, one of them's... The, the, who are the two companies? One of them was Dream, DreamWorks, Dreamline, something. Oh, were they? Was one of them DreamWorks? Uh, it might have been Dreamline. Um, I don't know. I know uh, director-wise, Red Eye was a Wes Craven movie. So I wonder... Red, Red Eye was DreamWorks and okay. um, Flight Plane's Touchstone. Okay. Um, yeah, because I thought Wes Craven was is quite well known, especially in horror communities. Yeah. So I thought that that one would do well on his name, but I guess Flight Plan has Jodie Foster. Yeah. Which is a big name. Um, it has Sean Bean in it. Um. I think Wes Craven over the years has become more of a meme, really. Yeah, maybe. Well, this is 2005, though. So yeah, true. I would have thought he still would have been, you know, respected. Yeah. Whereas the director of Flight Plan is Robert Schwentke, who I don't know at all. Yeah. Um, um, let's see if I can find anything quickly before. <laughs> about what? Um, about his films. Robert Schwentke? Oh, God, he made R.I.P.D. He made some of the oh, Divergent God. series yeah, and Red. Yeah. But Flight Plan is really good. For those who haven't seen, seen R.I.P.D., don't. Yeah, I don't plan to. Um, I th- yeah, I don't know. Because I think the only thing I've seen by him besides Flight Plan is... the time. Actually, I don't think I've even seen The Time Traveler's Wife. I read the book. Oh, okay. Because um, I like time travel. And it's the... And then I was like, wow, this is a romance novel and I never want to read another one in my life. Fear. Um, <laughs> I like the time travel aspect of it. Um, so I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah, I think that's about. Yeah, I feel like we've we've done an okay job. I'd still I'd recommend both films. Yeah, good movies. Put some time between them though. Don't do what we did. Yeah, don't watch them back to back. Even though it's it's rated lower, I do still like Flight Plan more. Yeah. Do you have a favorite between the two of them? No, I'd like a bastardization of both of these, where the, where the original timeline in my head played out. Where yeah, Killian, where it's Killian Murphy doing the Peter Sarsgaard thing. Yeah, yeah. Because he'd do that, like, because Peter Sarsgaard goes manic once he's been revealed. Yeah. Um, and Killian Murphy would do that so well. Yeah. Um, not that Peter Sarsgaard doesn't. He does a good job. Yeah. They're all they're all pretty good. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I've, as I started saying that, I realized that's what you normally say, and I've ruined everything. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, sorry, I'll take that back. You haven't ruined everything. Everything is okay. <laughs> Not that it's fine that you've ruined everything. <laughs> um, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it takes two underscore pod, or on Facebook at it takes two pod, and our website is it takes nz. Stay safe out there, folks, and have a safe flight. (laughs) Goodbye.